Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Amen, amen. You guys give it up for the worship team. They are doing an absolutely amazing job under the leadership of Minister Atira with them holy hands, right? Pastor Donald on the keys. JR on the ones in beep bop, biddly boo. Amen. They do, they're doing an awesome job ushering in the presence of the Lord. And we're just so grateful for him. For them here at the Building Christian Fellowship, it just makes worship so pleasant, doesn't it? Amen. You guys might be looking at me kind of weird today, but yes, I am not Pastor John, right? Even though I am kind of random, a little darker, but I am kind of a little random. But my name is Charles Hankins. And me and my lovely wife, Rachel Hankins, lead the Connections Ministry here at the Building Christian Fellowship. You know what? Go ahead and stand up real quick, uh, babe. She looks good, doesn't she? Yeah, God gave her to me and just me. Um, but (laughs) she is my princess and the reason why I call her my princess is because it reminds me that um, she doesn't just belong to me she belongs to our heavenly father and he's the one who's given her to me so I spoil her and I treat her as such as the princess she is without her you know, I couldn't do half the things I do today. She's the reason why I'm up here talking to you guys today. And I just thank you for all the encouragement you give me, the support you give me, walking side by side. You know, I couldn't do none of this without you, right? And if any of you guys have ever met Rachel or sat and talked with Rachel for five minutes, you'll swear she's your best friend, right? Right? Well, I get to take in part of that every single day. She makes me feel like I'm her best friend. Right. So I honor you, babe. I thank you for what you do in my life. And God bless you. Yes. And to all my uh, family and friends who came out today to support me, I appreciate you guys. I see you. My sister came out. I love her. Um, And this was my niece, Shanice. She came and joined the church today. She comes from Marysville, guys. Yeah, so I'm so proud of her and her family. And uh, all the people who's watching online, I know my mom couldn't come today, but I know she's watching. And my mom is the one who will support me in anything I'm doing. I mean, I could be juggling crayons, and she'd be like, that's my baby, and she'll come out and support me, right? Well, I know, I love you, mom, and if you're watching, thank you for always supporting me. And to our church, to my church family, thank you. Thank you for supporting me. This is National Police Week, and we're excited to go into our community 
and to serve and to appreciate the law enforcement. We want to encourage them to always do a good job. And how many of you guys know it's hard to do a good job if you have no encouragement, yeah. right? So that's why here at the building we believe that it's so important to encourage uh, the character and encourage the behavior you want to see in your community, right? Yeah. It takes you. You are the, uh, the changing people who make that possible in law enforcement. We do it all for you. Amen. So we have our members here that go here to the Building Christian Fellowship. And my brothers in arms, I call them. We got Isaiah, Avery, Donald. We got the OG, Carlos Ruiz, Deja. And all you guys who serve. I'm going to call up Brother Carlos real quick. He's going to help me real quick. Brother Carlos, come up here. Does he look good? Look at him. Special Agent Carlos. <laughs> Say something real quick. God bless you all this morning. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. And uh, I want to say the face of law enforcement has changed over the years. Has it not? Yes. 25 years ago, I spoke at a church in San Francisco. And I was in uniform. And afterwards, some folks came up to me. And said, you know, it was a little uncomfortable for you to be up in, in the pulpit in uniform. And uh, they said, you know, I, I just, I don't see how you can be a police officer and be a Christian. And my response was, how can you not be a Christian and be a police officer? How can you not be a plumber, an electrician, a nurse, a doctor, and not serve the Lord? Amen? Amen. And so I am grateful that although there has been some negativity associated with law enforcement, today, today we have law enforcement in uniform that's not afraid to praise the Lord and raise their hand. What an example. What an example that is. I want to call up uh, the other law enforcement officers from the Building Christian Fellowship. Would you join me up here, please? I want to say a shout out to my, my brother Noel in Rochester watching. Uh, my younger brother Joe, retired New York City firefighter, who's been with me for the last 38 years. Jay, I love you and thanks for your support. I also want to thank my wife, Margot. She's my better half right there. Margot, I love you and I'm grateful for you. Sarah, my daughter, I am grateful for you, Isabella. I'm grateful for you for hanging in there these last 38 years, especially the 16 years that I worked undercover. Thank you so much for your support. I love you like you don't know. <laughs> Amen. Um, we have Officer uh, Donald for you, uh, uh, from the Napa Probation Department. <laughs> Highway Officer Avery Davis from Highway Patrol. Deputy Isaiah Earl from the Coco County Sheriff's Department. Uh, and she had to leave early, but Deja Daniels, Coco County Sheriff. The Sacramento Sheriff's Department. Women in law enforcement, amen? Let's give it up for the women in law enforcement. Uh, of all the years that I've been a Christian, uh, I've never had the pleasure or honor of being recognized in my home church, except when I came here. And several years ago, Pastor Kaya and Pastor John had this vision of blessing the blue. 
And that vision has carried on every single year where they not only recognize the law enforcement officers in their church, but as Pastor John said, within the community. I hope they appreciate it. You don't have too many pastors who will speak up here on behalf of law enforcement or the military. Thank you, Pastor John. Pastor Kaya. Would you both join us on the platform, please? to read a verse. Uh, I got my wife's phone, so I got to figure out what the code is. Here it is. <laughs> I need to read this verse. It's in Romans chapter 12, verse 9. It reads, let love be genuine. I don't think we have ever experienced the kind of genuine love that these two have shown for us. Uh, how many say amen to that? Yeah. Let love be genuine. I abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. And that's something I certainly feel from you both. That we all feel from you both. Outdo one another in showing honor. Amen? Amen. He outdoes all of us in showing honor. Whether it's law enforcement day. Whether it's teacher's day. Whether it's mother's day. Father's day. Children's day. They honor us and they honor the Lord. Amen? So the officers here at the Christian, uh, Building Christian Fellowship uh, want to present them with a little small memento, uh, just a, a, a statement of gratitude. And uh, Brother Isaiah, would you unveil what, what's on there? It's representative of all the officers who have been a members of this church and it reads presented to pastor john r butcher pastor kaya butcher in recognition of your unwavering support and dedication to the vocation of law enforcement and creation of the blessing of the blue day from the law enforcement officers of the building christian fellowship and the san francisco area's thin blue line he who finds righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. That's Proverbs 21, 21. That's my favorite number, 21, too. <laughs> May 15th, 2023, which is Law Enforcement Day every year. Thank you, Pastor Kaya. Thank you, Pastor John, for your support. We appreciate you. Yeah, it goes in your office. Thank you, guys. That is so good. Want to leave it there? Yeah. Okay, we'll leave, we'll leave it right up there so you guys can see it. <laughs> but I just want to reiterate to Pastor John and Pastor Kaya, they are some awesome people. I mean, I tell you, I'm excited about the new heart because the, the old heart was a big one. So I know the new one is even going to be greater, right? And he just pours out so much. Him and Pastor Kai, they spend so much time with the building on building us up. And if it wasn't for you two, I wouldn't be up here. You wouldn't push me to do things that you know I'm supposed to do. And you guys put people in uncomfortable positions to make sure that they 
walk out what they're supposed to do. And I appreciate you guys. So I give you honor. So as you guys can see, yes, I'm a police officer. Peace officer. 5-0, po-po, one time, whatever you want to call me. 12, that's what I am. But first, I am a child of God. And that's what gives me the ability to do what I, I do, is because I'm a child of God and I bear his image. Amen? So, I don't have that much time. They, they put me on a time clock here. So I'm going to make sure that I, I get you guys out of here pretty quick so you can get your KFC, Popeye's, churches, hometown, whatever your dish is going to be today. I'm going to get you guys out of here pretty quick, okay? But if you guys don't talk to me, I'm going to take all day. So I'm expecting you to talk back to me, all right? All right, now. You know, I'm, you know I'm churchy. Don't get me started. Um, okay, so we're going to start uh, in the book of Genesis. So if you have your Bibles with you today, if you brought your Bibles with you, if you're one of those people who actually brings your physical Bible to church, you can go ahead and pull those out right now. We're going to go to the book of Genesis. If you don't have your Bible and you brought your iPhone or your Android Go ahead and pull that out. Open up your Bible app. We're going to go to Genesis. And if you're not familiar with the Bible, it's the first book. So it shouldn't take you that long to get there. Once you get to Genesis, we're going to start in the 26th chapter. So once you got it, say, I got it. You guys are fast. You should have it. It's the first book. All right. So it reads, chapter 26, verse, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 26 of Genesis. So we're going to go chapter 1. We're going to start in the 26th verse. Remember, chapter 1 is the first, the very first book. So it reads, chapter 26, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Lord, I just thank you, dear Lord, for today, dear Lord. Thank you for your word, dear Lord. Thank you for the words that you want to share today, dear Lord. I ask that you use me, dear Lord. Remove me out the way, dear Lord, so you might be the only image people see and hear today, dear Lord. I ask, dear Lord, that everyone under the sound of my voice, dear Lord, leave this building, whether they're in the physical building or watching online, changed, transformed, renewed by your word, dear Lord. And we ask this in your mighty, magnificent, marvelous name, of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, well, well. It's National Police Week. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited 
to talk to you guys today. I'll make it kind of quick, like I said before. But if you didn't know, I've been a law enforcement officer for about 15 years now. And the great thing through my whole career is I got to do a bunch of different assignments. So I started off by being a beat cop, working on the streets, doing all the paper, we like to call it, so taking all the calls. And then I got to do special assignments and have fun and do all type of stuff. And now I'm at the point in my career where I sit in the office all day and I answer emails and try to put out fires and write policies and procedures. But one of the most challenging but rewarding positions I ever had in law enforcement was when I was a field training officer. It's better known as an FTO. And the reason why it was so troubling, but also so fulfilling is because the responsibility of a training officer is to actually train all new recruits or all new officers transferring to your agency, whether they have experience of one, two, three, four, five years, and you want to get them up to the standards of your department or the culture of your department. And sometimes that could be challenging based on their knowledge base or sometimes that could be challenging based on what knowledge they already come with. So uh, that job presents a lot of difficult avenues. And uh, I love to do it because I always thought like, hey, this gives me a chance to mold the new generation of law enforcement, uh, put in my ideologies inside of them to be peace officers first, yeah. right? Um, so it was an exciting job, but it could be difficult at times. So one day, as a field training officer, I had a brand new trainee, fresh out the academy. So me, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna teach him everything I know. Um, I'll make sure he's on point. He knows what he needs to do. Wada wada wada. So one day we're cruising, and it's training day, and this is our qualifi qualification day for firearms. And any if you know anything about my agency. Our firearms uh, place where we go shoot to qualify is actually at a different location than our current jurisdiction. So we drive through multiple cities to actually get to the fire range. So I have this trainee, we get in the car and I'm telling him, hey, make, make sure you know where you're at. You know, in case we get in some trouble, you gotta know where you're at, right? So he's irritated with me because you know, I'm, I'm on him hard and we go, we're at the firing range, we, we fired some stuff off, and I gotta let you guys know, during this time of trainee, I mean, excuse me, a training, we don't actually wear a full complete uniform. So we kinda had on some cargo pants with some sap pockets, had a t-shirt on that said police on the back, a little badge that said police or whatnot. It was kinda hard to identify who we really were. We had a gun belt on, because we're going to the firing range with our firearm, and that's about it, and we're driving a black and white car. So. We go to the fire range, we, we pass our qualifications, and we're on our way back to our actual department. So on our way, it's a hot day, I tell the trainee, it's like, hey, look at here, hey, let's stop at this gas station, let's get something to drink, because it's kind of hot, and I'm a little irritated with you. So <laughs> we stop at the gas station, and we're getting something to drink, and we're talking to the clerk, and the clerk's thanking us for our service, and he's saying, hey, I love what you guys do, appreciate your service, and as he's talking, I see this lady behind me giving me this weird look, right? She's looking at me and she's, she's like, Ugh. and it, it, all my law enforcement people can tell you when somebody is staring you down, you get kind of nervous, right? You, you get kind of irritated and you're like, what, is, what do they want? So I'm asking the lady, hey, hey, um, hey, can I help you with anything, ma'am? She's, no, I'm fine, right? Um, so I'm just like, okay, so I, I went to my uh, 
my, my trainer, I say, hey, we got we to go because I don't know what's up with the lady. So we hop back in the car and I tell him, I say, hey, look at here, man. When we get in the car, turn the radio on and I want you to scan the channel of every city that we go to until we get back to our jurisdiction because I don't want to run into a problem and we don't know what to do, right? So he turns on the radio and soon as he turns on the radio, all I hear is X12, X13, X6. And if you know anything about law enforcement, those are call signs. When you hear multiple call signs happening at one time, that means trouble is following, right? So immediately I start to get word. I said, oh man, what's happening in this city that we need to worry about? So the next thing I hear out of the radio is dispatch saying, yeah, we have an RP on the line saying that there's two individuals with what seemed to be a police uniform, but they've never seen them before in the city. And they just hopped in a police car and they're driving down the road. And I'm saying to myself, man, this is, ooh, this could get kind of hectic. And I said, wait a minute. I start to look on myself. I says, well, I'm wearing brown pants and I got this uniform. Oh, they're talking about us, right? So immediately panic hit me. So I'm telling the train, hey, get on the radio. Tell them that it, that's us, that's us. And he's plumbing over the radio. So I grab the radio and I tell him, hey there, this is uh, 24X95. Uh, uh, this is such and such unit. We're passing through your city. We're at the range. You can divert. And then they all diverted. And peace and trouble was diverted because, you know, I was not going to stop until I got back to my own jurisdiction. I was going to run, even though I was the police. So the moral of that story is, the question I really want to ask you is, If somebody sees you out and about, is there a part of God's image that you're not bearing correctly? Is there a part of the image that you bearing that you bear of God that's not displayed correctly? Well, for you to understand what I'm really talking about today, I want to not take a deep dive into the Genesis, but I just want to give you a brief story of like how God created this world. And in chapter one of Genesis, he goes in and God's doing his thing. He says, hey, he's calling, hey, let's uh, make light here. Let's, let's make land here. Let's do this here. Let's, let's make cattle here. Let's make birds in the sky here. Let's do this here. Let's do this here. And God's just calling it out. He's saying, yeah, this happens and it happens. And in the series of days he created what we know to be what we live in today, the universe. And we get to chapter 26 of chapter one of Genesis, and there was a unique change that happens in this part of the chapter that always catches me by surprise. And one of those changes is, it, it immediately goes to, if you, if you read the first part, he says, let us make man in our image and likeness. So I said to myself, what is he talking about us and are? Because I don't know if you're like me, that's very specific language that he's using there, us and are, 
right? So it, it leads me to believe that we are to be created in his image. There's more than just one aspect of his image that we are to be created by. And that's what I really want to dive in today about all three of his images. So the first part of his image that I want to talk about is his son, Jesus Christ. How many of you know that he sits on the throne, but as he was on that throne, he decided to take off glory, come into a human body in the form of Jesus Christ to the earth. So you say to yourself, Charles, hey, what does it mean to bear the image of Jesus Christ? What does it look like to bear the image of our Savior? Well, I'm glad you asked. The first part, it means to bear the image of Jesus Christ. And I say that this is one of the most important parts of bearing God's image. Because without doing this at all, you can't even think about or know what his image looks like. It requires you to first accept him into your life. That's the first part. And once you accept him into his, your life, it says something that you must die to yourself uh, once a month. Daily. You must die to yourself daily, right? Pick up your cross and follow him. So you said to yourself, Charles, what does it look like to be like Jesus and bear that image? I'm not talking about a physical image. I'm talking about a heart transformation. See, us as men, we look at the outward appearance of men, but God looks at our heart. So when he's talking about his image there, he's talking about a heart transformation. And what he's looking for out of that same image in Jesus Christ is he's looking to see if you can do what his son did. And one of the key points of what his son did is he is the mediator for us between earth and his heavenly father. He came down to lay down his life. And by laying down his life, he showed some unique attributes. First, he showed love. He showed compassion, wisdom, humility. And when he rose from the grace, all power was in his hands. So how can I apply these things to my life, Charles? How can I show humility? How can I show love? How can I show power? How can I show wisdom to people who see me well i'm glad you asked we have a church here and one way that you can start showing your love the same love that jesus christ showed is through your love so when a person walks through that door no matter what you're going through your main goal is i'm going to see how can i serve that person right because the love that i'm talking about is not that love of the argos love that means the self-love but he's talking about the agape love the, the love that hides from itself and serves other people, right? So are you showing that love? When you're walking around at your job, are you, you're walking around in the church, are you walking in your home, are you showing the love that passes all understanding? Why it passes all understanding is because we can't understand how a man will die for us and he's not guilty. Let me say that one more time. We don't understand how a man could die for us and not be guilty. God's calling us to die to ourselves, 
and to serve other people through our love, even when they don't deserve it. Why? Because he did that. He stepped out of glory, put on the human flesh and said, hey, I'm not going to just tell you to love somebody. I'm going to show you how to love somebody. And how he showed you he loved you is he just didn't come here and he died. He had a mission, right? He got 12 disciples. He says, hey, hey, you 12. Hey, Peter, I'm going to jump in your boat. You're going to follow me. Hey, you going to follow me. Hey, James, hey, 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 you're going to betray me. But anyway, you come follow me. Because he was showing love. And he says, hey, I'm going to show you how to do this world thing that at the beginning Adam messed up by his rebellion. But how many of you guys know that God does a finishing work? That means everything he does, he starts from the end before he starts the beginning. You don't believe me? It's in, it's in, it's in Genesis 2. I'll prove it to you real quick. In Genesis, when, when Adam was naming the animals, and he started naming all the animals, and they said, well, there's no suitable partner for you. God put him to sleep. And he says, it's not good for man to be all alone. Well, if you, if you look at the translation in the Hebrew version that it's not good for man to be alone, it's really, it's not good for man to be all in one. So what are you saying to me, Charles? It says, God decided that it's not good that Jr. has Erica inside of him. He decided to pull Erica out of him so he could do life together. And God's all about relationship. So you say, what does it mean to bear the image of Jesus Christ? It's to love. It's to do relationship together. It's also about having humility. And this is the part where, Rachel tell me all the time, you know a little humility, Lieutenant. (laughs) It's because sometimes you don't know how you come across. God's called us to show humility. How did he show humility? Well, if I'm the ruler of the universe and the Pharisees come up to me and tell me what my word says, I would have quickly put them in their place. But Jesus had patience. You know why? Because he looks at their heart. He doesn't look at their outer appearance. He looks at their heart. So God's calling you to show humility to the people you come across to. So what's this second part of the image of God that I'm talking about? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. How many of you guys know that the Holy Spirit is the comforter? When Jesus Christ, let me start from the beginning. When Adam sinned, that, that made that separation between us and God, that sin, that made that separation. But you remember when I said that God never starts something without finishing it? God never went back and created not one man besides Adam. He even took Eve out of Adam. You know why? Because everything that God made was already finished in Adam. So when you say that, hey, I, I, I don't know how the Holy Spirit plays a part in my life. Well, he put the Holy Spirit in you. Have you tapped into the Holy Spirit yet? 
And you say to yourself, well, I, I'm not too familiar with the Holy Spirit. But do you know, when we got separated from God, God also put Jesus, the body of Jesus in us. Because he had to come out somewhere, right? So everything from the beginning, God placed in us to be, have dominion over this world. And when Jesus came, he came to die for us. And when he died, he rose again. But he just didn't leave when he rose. He stuck around a little bit. And he says, hey, guess what? Don't worry. When I leave, I'm sending someone else. And that someone else is called a comforter. This comforter that I'm talking about is better known as the teacher, the counselor. Uh, you don't believe me? He, he says that, uh, it, it, that in the word of God, it, it talks about how the Holy Spirit allows us to operate in the fruits of the spirit. In love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So when you say, hey, hey, Charles, uh, I thought the Holy Spirit was all about speaking in tongues. No, don't limit the Holy Spirit in just speaking in tongues. He speaks in love. He speaks in patience. He speaks in long suffering. He speaks in gentleness, kindness. And most of all, some we all have a problem with self-control. So when you say to yourself, it's like, hey, man, I just keep getting distracted by social media. I keep getting distracted about this TV show. I keep getting distracted about who's saying what about me. Guess what? The Bible says the Holy Spirit can help you with yourself. Can. Yes, he can help you with your self-control. And when you get your self-control together, guess what? You start to form that image that God's talking about in the beginning when he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness but he just didn't stop there he knew that you had to first have jesus that transformation part of jesus to start the process of his of his image so he sent his son but he just didn't want to leave his son he sent his holy spirit what are you saying as a part of his holy spirit that's also a part of his image that he wants you to bear but he also wants you to bear himself god the father and what does it mean to bear the image of God the Father? Well, if you look at the role of God the Father, he's the creator and the sustainer of the universe. His attributes include ruler, provider, and protector. How many of you guys are just, let's go here. How many of you guys are ruling your own home? How many of you guys are protecting your own home? How many of you guys are providing for your own home? Because that's where it starts. If you can't protect, provide, or rule over your own home, how are you expected to do that here in the world? That's the greatest testimony of God's image in you, is when you're a provider protector and ruler of your own home you ask yourself charles what does that mean well how are you talking to each other a protector the way god protects is he calls you for what he sees you not for where you're at you want me to prove it to you 
Well, when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, he no longer sees the ratchet, wretch sinner that you really are. Ratchet. He sees his son. He sees his son. He sees all that he had to go through to get back and restore his original image. God will do anything to get back that original image that he restored in man when he first created us. So he decided to send his son because he had a plan. And that's what a good protector does. He has a plan or she has a plan. But it's also a ruler and this is a, I don't know if you guys watch TV like I do, but anybody watch Madam Secretary? Okay, if you don't know anything about Madam Secretary, that is a show about the Secretary of State, which deals with all the ambassadors across the world. And one of the jobs of the Secretary of State is to influence our, our, our foreign policy across the world, our democracy and whatnot, right? Well, in, in Madam Secretary, uh, the part that the secretary plays is they're really over all the ambassadors, right, in the world, all the ambassadors in the world. But not also are they over all the ambassadors. They also have the influence of people they come in contact with, right? Well, that's what God does for us. He calls us to be ambassadors. And one great thing about an ambassador is that it's no matter what country or area you're in, you are to abide by what your regulations, your policies and procedures, and what you believe in based on whatever country you're from. So when he's calling us to be ambassadors, what he's saying is it doesn't matter what this world is doing. I'm calling you to be different. I'm calling you to be changed. I'm calling you to bear my image as an ambassador. That means that you carry something that the world needs. And as I close, it's important that you know as an ambassador that you can't operate in God's image just in one of these facets. Though God operates in all three of these roles, he is fully God. And I like to use this analogy best when understanding it, because you'd be like, well, how can God operate in three different functions or three different ways? Well, I look at God as water. If you put that water in the freezer, what will happen? It ice. And ice takes on a whole new meaning, right? A new form. It operates a little bit different. It's still water, but it operates and it has its functions and its purpose based on ice. I'm going to put it in my drink or I'm going to cool down. And that's the function of ice. But if you take that same ice and you put it in a, a pot and you turn up the heat, that ice will eventually do what? Boil. And then you'll get what? Steam. That's the Holy Spirit. Steam. They're all fully God. But they're operating in three different functions. That's what God's calling you to do. He just doesn't want you to bear his image one way. 
He wants you to bear his image fully the way he originated for you to bear it. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So he wasn't just saying, just as me, Father God, but he was also saying, I want you to bear my image of the Holy Spirit. I want you to bear my image of my son, Jesus Christ. My ice. My steam. Since I'm a church kid and I grew up in church all my life, I, uh, I heard a, a preacher once tell a story, and I want to tell it to you guys. He was telling a story about a man and his son. And it's a great story. I get excited about thinking about it. But it was this boy and his son. And they had a tight relationship. I mean, their relationship was like glue. He was right on his dad. He loved his father. And his father was a businessman. His father was always going away. And one day, it's time for his father to go on a trip. And he says, hey, dad, 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 can you take me with you? He says, no, son, I can't take you with me on this trip. But I'll tell you what. If you're willing to bear my image while I'm gone, when I come back, I'll take you with me. So he says, I'm going to give you a white suit. And this white suit, what I want you to do is I want you to keep this white suit clean. And it's very important that you keep this white suit clean because it bears my image without any blemish, any wrinkle, any spot. And when I come back for you, I'm looking for that image to be what I originally gave it to you. He says, you know what, Dad? I can do that. I can keep this white suit that you gave me clean. He says, hey, don't get beside yourself. I know there's going to be trouble on the way. But guess what? I'm going to leave you a, a, a comforter. I mean, your mom. <laughs> Just in case you need some guidance until I come back. But I'm not going to just leave you with a comforter. I mean, your mom. I'm going to also leave you with my journal. I mean, the Bible. I mean, the book that I wrote all my words and my desires for you in. So when you have trouble about keeping this suit clean, you have something to refer back to. So the dad left his mom, I mean the comforter, I mean his mom. And the book, the Bible, I mean his journal with the, with the boy. And the boy decided to get dressed one the first day after his dad left. And he put on the suit. And he said, hey, mom, can you help me put on the suit? She said, yes, your son. I'll, I'll love to give you some guidance and direction. I would love to show you what your father really meant when he said this in his journal. Because you know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit digs down and it reaches the depths or the deepest parts of, of God, knowing what his plans are for the ones who love him. So the mom played 
that same part. So they go to the book and they read the book. He says, okay, dad says, uh, put on your pants first. And, oh, no, wait, wait a minute. It says, put on your shoes first. Put on your shoes first. He had the white Stacy Adams. <laughs> and then he put on his white pair of pants, white belt, white shirt, white jacket. And boy, was he clean. And he went outside and he was feeling good about himself because he was bearing the image of his father. Everywhere he went, they said, boy, you sure look good. He says, I know. Guess who gave this to me? My father. So he started to boast about what his father looked like. And people said, man, I want to know your father. I want to know your father. Because what you're wearing looks different. It doesn't look like what everybody else is wearing. So that first day, he did good. He, he kept that white suit clean. So he got home and he told his, the Holy Spirit, I mean his mom. He says, guess what, mom? I did it. I got through the day. I kept the suit clean. So the next day rolled around. So he wakes up and he starts to put it on his clothes and his pants are backwards. His, his shoes are on the wrong feet. His shirt is untucked. His tie is all on wrong. And, and the, his mom, I mean, the Holy Spirit says, hey, do you, you want my help? You want my, my guidance? We can go to the book that your dad left you on how to bear this image that he, he's calling you to bear. He says, no, no, I got it. I got it. I, I, got, I got the book. Isn't that just like us? We decide that we don't need the book or we don't need the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. We got it. Once we got saved, oh, I can do it all by myself. Well, that's how the boy was. So he went outside in this jacked up fit. <laughs> and those same people who were telling him like, hey, you sure look sharp. They're like, man, what's wrong with you? I thought you were such and such son. What are you doing looking like that? I know your dad's not proud of you with that. So he runs home to his mom and he says, mom, they're laughing at me. I'm not bearing my image correctly. She says, son, I tried to tell you before you put on the clothes that I will help you. I will guide you and I will direct you. So the boy was frustrated. He ran out the house. And he saw his friends and his friends said, hey, you want to play some baseball? He said, yeah, I'll play some baseball. I'm not feeling that well by myself. So he played baseball and he got his outfit real dirty. I mean, mud all over it. He says, dang. I'm not doing so well keeping this image that God, I mean, I'm not doing so well to keeping this image that my dad left for me. So he runs back to his mom again. He says, mom, I don't know what to do. I need your guidance. She says, I got you. Let's go to the Let's go to the instructions that your daddy left you. So they turned to the first page. Well, your dad said that you were made in his image and in his likeness, meaning everything that you need is already inside of you. But guess what? He says that, oh, wait a minute, right here. He says, go to the store of grace. It's, it's on the aisle of forgiveness. Hurry up and go. So the boy runs to the store. He's running fast, and he gets to the store. He says, hey, 
Sir, I, I, I'm looking for a new white suit. I messed up my suit. He says, what's your name? He says, I'm the son of the most high God. I mean, um, I'm the son of so-and-so. He says, well, this is your lucky day. Your dad left me instructions because he knew you wouldn't be able to keep this suit clean. He knew that you wouldn't be able to fully bear his image. So he sent someone to die for you. I mean, he sent someone to the dry cleaning for you. <laughs> he says, I got a whole new suit for you. Put it on. He says, hey, how much do I owe you? He says, you couldn't even pay for this if you wanted to. You couldn't afford this even if you wanted to. But your daddy already made a way. Because he knew you were going to get this image dirty. And he would do anything to restore his image. Because he watches over his word. I just want to know. How many of you guys here today know that you haven't even started the process of bearing God's image? And the first step of processing or the process of bearing God's image is accepting his son in your life. So I'm going to ask you guys to do something bold. That's you here today and you say like, hey, Charles. And what you said is good, but I don't even know how to start this process. And I'm telling you, it starts with Jesus. You guys can go ahead and stand up. So if you're here in the house today and you're saying to yourself, like, hey, what do, what do I need to do to start this process? How do I accept Jesus Christ into my life? I'm going to just ask you at your seat. You don't have to move or anything. Just go ahead and raise your hand. If you want to know who Jesus is, I see you, my brother. I see you. Thank you. You might also be here and say, hey, hey, Charles, I've been bearing God's image, but I haven't been bearing his full image like you've been talking about. I haven't been bearing what he's really called me to do. And I've only been bearing part of his image. And I'm like that little boy in the story you talked about is my my outfit is dirty and I'm looking to get it clean well he's made a way if that's you and you want prayer today about that go ahead and raise your hand I, I see you I see you back there I see you and lastly Pastor John talked about it earlier it's no good for you to bear God's image all by yourself. One of the greatest gifts he gave the world is he gave the world the church. Where we're able to do life together. We're able to link arm in arm. How many of you guys know that we are a body jointly fit together? That means if I stump my toe right now, I might jump up and down. Is because my whole body is reacting to this one member of the body. And that's what the body does is we all react to what you're going through. We all show compassion of what you're going through. Whether it's through sorrow or triumph, we want to be there right with you.
And I'm going to give a shameless plug. That, uh, the Building Christian Fellowship is an awesome place to get connected. So if you're here today and you don't have a church home, you say like, hey, I want to get connected to a body. I've been bearing God's image, but I'm not connected to his body. If that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. Oh, I see you back there. I see you back there. want to get you connected. So I'm going to ask you guys all to do a bold move. All right. Is if you raise your hand, whether it was to receive Jesus Christ into your life, whether it's to get prayer for bearing God's image fully in your life, or you want to be connected to this body, the Building Christian Fellowship, I want you to come up here to the front so our elders and our intercessory team can pray for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 We get some more intercessors and pray for Thank you. Thank you, Lord. It's not too late. It's not too late. God's waiting on you. Pastor Kai talked about it last week. He's at the door. Waiting to be invited in to fellowship with you. I'll give you guys a couple more minutes if there's anyone else. Don't be ashamed. Took a lot for me to get up here. I had not to be ashamed. If there's no one else, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Lord, thank you for the ones who coming up here today, dear Lord, to just to get to know you for who you really are, dear Lord for your full image. We thank you, dear Lord, for their boldness to come forth, dear Lord, to say, what must I do to be saved? Or how do I restore this image in me? Or I want to be connected to this body? We ask right now in the name of Jesus, dear Lord, that you send your Holy Spirit to comfort them, to guide them, to direct them. I ask, dear Lord, that you touch their lives, dear Lord. That as they leave this building, they leave changed, transformed, renewed. Have your way. And we know all the challenges that's going to happen as soon as you leave this building. But we pray against it in the name of Jesus. Any plot or from the enemy, any move from the enemy, we pray against it in the name of Jesus. It's by your blood that we do everything. So as they leave this building, dear Lord, guard their hearts, guard their minds, dear Lord, against the naysayers. And I ask, dear Lord, from this day forth that you use them. You allow them to lay down their life and follow you. In the mighty, magnificent name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.